Joining Erica in this conversation are some of our good friends here, Natalie Alport, the founder of 93 Agency, Corey Camp, founder of Forever Athlete, and Taj Deshaun, founder of Thrive After Sports, and self-publish in 30 days. Uh, guys, again, if you have questions, you can throw them in that Q&A tab at the right of your screen, and if we have time, we'll get to them. But thank you guys for being here. I think we got everybody up here. Uh, Erica, I'm going to pass it off to you to, to kick us off. Awesome. Thanks, Danielle. Hey guys. What's <laughs> up? Good to see ya. Um, I'm guessing Taj will hop on here in just a moment. But as I was kind of preparing for our discussion today, I started to think like, you know, and this might be a challenge of a question, but I was kind of thinking like, what would be one or two words to describe your experience as an entrepreneur so far? Or up until now. Um, and I know I didn't prep you on this at all. It just totally dropped in for me today. So I thought I would just kind of freestyle it and see what you guys um, maybe had to say. So Corey, do you want to start? Let's do it. Um, first thing that popped into mind was up and down. <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Same, same as an athlete journey, right? Like a roller coaster of highs and lows, and managing that, and hopefully, hopefully learning from that. And the next time you don't, uh, you don't make the same mistakes, but you bounce back a little bit faster from the new ones. Love it. So, yeah, I mean, because I think when we start to think about being an entrepreneur, it can be um, if be, before you actually take the leap, it can be kind of a daunting. I guess, concept. <laughs> um, and, you know, I love that you both said up and down because it's not all hard and it's not all a grind. Um, so I guess one of the main things that I would love to maybe kick this off with is like, what do you do to make sure that you're creating boundaries for yourself to make sure, because it's so easy for us you, as athletes and also as business owners to just go all in on something and be so focused on it that we can burn ourselves out. Um, so what do you do to kind of, what, what do you have in place that really allows for some cadence? I'm not even going to say balance, but cadence that allows you to continue to, you know, help your, like nurture yourself and what you need and then also your business. And Natalie, why don't we start with you this time? Yeah, for me, time blocking, like understanding that if I can block out my time and be present on like relaxing and recovery, that only assists me with being more focused and on when I have to be. Um, so understanding that's important. And then the other thing is almost treating it like a periodized strength program that I think athletes would relate to where, you know, there might be weeks that it's a little bit of an overload. You have a big project, but then understanding, okay, let me schedule like a deload and let me have some recovery days and some rest days. And if I'm, you know, say you're trying to work on in the strength program, conditioning and strength, and you have to balance those things. Well, there's going to be balance between life and work. And you're going to have to go, okay, I have a big project. I might have to schedule a little bit less on the social side. And then you can balance those things on, on different weeks. I love that. We're and I think that's a powerful an, an analogy too. So go, go for it, Corey. I was going to say, Natalie and I are on the same wavelength. That's how I like to think of it a lot too. I, I like the visual of playing Tetris and mm -hmm. creating space uh, when I have something that comes up that is an opportunity to come onto my plate. I look at the bigger picture of the puzzle that I'm playing and see, do I realistically have space for this right now? Um, and that is a question that, I'm working on getting better at answering mm -hmm. honestly, um, because I think one of the downs, I wouldn't even say downsides, but coming from the backgrounds that we all have, we want to achieve, like we want to set the bar really high. So it can get really, really easy to get into that game of, oh, I'm just going to say yes to this opportunity and this opportunity. And the next thing you know, you're looking around and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> 50 things that I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. That hit me on this journey of up and down entrepreneurship. It's like some days I'm right in that sweet spot. Other days I'm learning. I need to say no and create some space for more. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the most challenging things to know what to say no to. Um, Cause it's easy to just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all in. <laughs> and then you find yourself and you don't have enough time in the day. Um, so 
Yeah, thank you for that. I think that's really important to kind of be aware of. And one of the things, and this just made me think of it when um, when we're looking at like what to say yes and what to say no to. And I know that you know you both have clearly defined visions for your business, but I think it really helps to have a clearly defined vision so that you're clear. Like this is in alignment. This is not in alignment. Or maybe this is in alignment, but it's something that I can do. You know, down the road, I'm not going to say yes to this right now. Um, so I love that. I love that um, concept. Thanks for sharing that. And so with that, are there specific kind of like mindset moves that you make or that you use often that can support you in making sure that you are taking that downtime or taking the rest days um, as you both kind of referred to it? I think for me, it's it's making sure that you're not comparing yourself to others' versions of success, because I find that's when I get caught up in not saying, you know, no and, and saying yes to the wrong things, because I'm like, mm -hmm. well, this person's doing that, or that person says I need to do this, or for them to get there, they did this when I'm not them. And their version of success may be very different than mine. And that's why I think having that vision is important, not only for your business, but for your life. Uh, oftentimes people get caught up with, you know, I want to create freedom. Well, why? And then they think, okay, I just need to make money. And it's like, what if you get to the end of your life, you've made all this money, but you've been working 16 hour days and have never spent time with your family. And maybe that was the actual goal was to buy back time for your family. So mm -hmm. assessing both those goals and just keep revisiting them. And whenever someone presents you with a new and exciting idea, actually just taking time, like instead of you, you get on a zoom call, you get excited, you're like, yeah, I'll do that. And then you get off and you're like, Oh, like a two days later, like, should I have said yes? So it's taking that time, revisiting it, maybe journaling about it, writing about it and seeing if it truly aligns and then letting go. And mm. it's it's a practice because sometimes you see it, it works out or it doesn't. But as you build that over time, you start to like trust your intuition more and you feel mm. better about it. Even if it works out for someone else, that someone else took that opportunity. It worked great for them. You're like, I'm, I'm still not them. That's OK. Yeah. So that's kind of the comparison piece, just reminding yourself, like my version of success looks different than other people's, or it's okay for me to have a version of success that's significant or that's um, signature to me. Love yeah. it. What about you, Corey? Do you have any? Yeah, I would say I, I really like the idea of reverse engineering the goals. So mm -hmm. mentioned earlier, like having a clear vision, uh, a North star to your GPS, understanding where you're going. And then from there, being able to break it down into, you know, a five-year goal, a year goal, quarterly, monthly, weekly, and hopefully even daily. Mm -hmm. And then checking back in on those things. Like I have scheduled calendar time just on repeat at various points during my weeks so that I'm actually making sure I'm revisiting that goal stack and I can adjust and course correct as I'm going rather than getting a year into things and then picking my head up and be like, how do we get here? <laughs> this yeah. is not where I wanted to go. Um, so course correcting in real time, it's the same thing as if you went through a whole at, like season and you didn't once get feedback from your coach, you'd probably not be in a great position or where you want to be. It's mm -hmm. kind of on us when we switch out to set up systems in place so that that's happening still without those things built in like it once was. Well, I love that idea of reverse engineering the goals. And I think it's 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 what we do in sports, but I guess kind of not really realizing it. Um, but then when you're working backwards versus trying to get to something, it's a lot easier to kind of see what needs to happen or what you would love to have occur in you know different time frames. Um, and even like you said, daily. Um, so I I was taking a leadership seminar and I, one of the things that really resonated with me was having a, um, not only, but not only a monthly meeting with yourself as you're, you know, looking at your wildly important goals, what it is that you want to accomplish in the month based on what you're saying, Corey, having the long-term vision and then then also revisiting that weekly. So having a wildly important goal meeting for yourself on a weekly basis, and then really, calendarizing the things within the week that you know are going to be needle movers. And I just think that's such an important and, and powerful way um, to make sure that you actually are taking action and doing the things to serve your larger vision, like you said. I love that. Hey, Taj. Taj, Taj is hopping on here. 
what's going on, everybody? I was in the audience trying to figure out how to get on stage, but <laughs> we got to figure it out. So I'm here. I'm here. Well, welcome. Thank you. Great to see you. I've been listening. I've been enjoying the conversation. So good to oh, be up good. here with you. Well, all. maybe would you like to weigh in on any like mental practices that you use um, as an entrepreneur to make sure that you're, you know, structuring your business in a way that it's not getting crazy in your life? <laughs> Yeah, I've definitely had some experiences uh, with things getting a little bit too crazy and uh, suffering from some burnout as a result of that. So one thing I always tell people is that your business and all of us up here know this, but, you know, your business is a representation of you. And so if I'm feeling burned out, I'm not taking care of my my health, um, working out, getting good sleep, all the things that we need to do to make sure we're showing up as our best selves. And that's going to show up in my business. It's going to show up in the way I'm serving clients. It's going to show up in my content. So something that's been really, um, I used to think that you weren't really getting after it unless you were having sleepless nights and, mm. you know, just um, banging your head up against the wall, so to speak. And I started to realize that I was more effective when I was getting more quality sleep and also making exercise a priority, eating right a priority. And so that's been a game changer for me because it's not so much about what you do um, or how many hours you sleep or whatever. It's about what you're doing while you're awake. So I can still get my seven, eight hours. I need at least seven to be functional. If I get less than seven, it's going to be a rough day. I can push through it. But um, during those, you know, 16, 17 hours that I'm awake, it's what am I doing in that time? And I can lay my head on the pillow at night and get some good sleep knowing that I gave it my all. So those are those are my initial thoughts on that. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned burnout. And so I think that's an important way, important thing to address, too. And I, I think it can be so challenging to prioritize your sleep or your workouts or your nutrition. Um, it just, it's kind of seductive to fall into the, to the gotta be working the business, gotta be doing this and that and the other thing. So are there any signs of burnout that you guys know, or maybe you've experienced them um, that you, that kind of give you a heads up or, or even you can talk about if you've already had an experience with like full blown burnout. I know I've been there. So, um, Natalie. Yeah. Well, I, I think I, I, again, I always relate it back to, um, the same signs, like when you're an athlete and there's a lot of young athletes who never want to take rest days, right. Cause they're like, I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm making progress. I'm making progress. And then you get an injury and it's too late or you get burnt out of your sport or something happens where you have to take that longer break. And so, um, for me, yeah, I've experienced burnout a lot, especially still competing um, as an athlete and managing business. There's been times where both of those were not periodized correctly, um, mm -hmm. back to the reference I made earlier. And I, I had points where I ended up in, in a doctor's office with, you know, like low blood sugar because I was from the gym to work to this and then forgetting to fuel in between and doing things like that. And um, just not having the energy for either. So I think energy, that, that's a big one, is like monitor mm -hmm. your energy. I think there's a lot of physical signs that we need to pay attention to. Uh, is your anxiety levels increasing? Are you starting to get frustrated? If you're in a relationship or you're at least just, you know, checking in with family or friends, maybe have them like check in with you because they might check, but, oh, your tone is different lately or you're a little bit more negative or um, you seem a little bit rushed or you've kind of checked out completely from our conversations. There's some ways there I think also Taj like you said like sleep sleep is so important but it's a, a cycle where stress impacts our sleep and then sleep impacts our our stress and so if you're you're not sleeping you're waking up in the night that can be a big sign quality mm -hmm. of your work I think that's a big one too and um, also just the ability to focus all of a sudden you're checking out you realize that you're not quite yourself you're 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 stumbling words you're doing different things there's a, a lot of things that if you're you're staying in tune with yourself you can try to kind of Okay, let me take that rest before it gets, you know, to that whole point of burnout. Yeah, totally. All of those are really important. I love you said anxiety, kind of monitoring your energy, checking in with loved ones about how they're experiencing you, because they're usually a really great reflection. <laughs> they can be honest with you. And the quality of work and sleep, I think, is also really important. Um, Corey, did you have anything to add? I was going to say, I mean, for me personally, add irritability into the mix. Mm -hmm. I'm a very calm, even keel, easygoing guy. So if I'm ever like something's really getting under my skin and I'm really irritable, I usually know that's a great sign to say, I need to step back and assess what's going on. And then just 
similar to what Natalie said with the ability to focus, my ability to be really present. Like when I'm on this, is my mind on this or is it on all the other things that I should be doing or could mm -hmm. be doing right now? If it's on that other, those other things, I need to, again, go back to the drawing board and maybe tweak the game a little bit, tweak the puzzle and make some changes. Yeah. So like when people are realizing that they're maybe experiencing that increased stress or difficulty with focus or not being able to sleep as well, um, noticing that they're kind of anxious or irritable. Um, do you guys have any practices that you specifically implement anything like to kind of get yourself back on track? I mean, I know Corey, you just said kind of go back to the drawing board and look at what you need to prioritize. Is there, but I think that this is a really important thing because I think sometimes we get down the road and we don't really realize. And then it's almost too late. Like it, we're in burnout. Um, I think we've all had that experience. So what are some things that, that people can do to, or what are some things that you do um, that you know really helps? Yeah, I want to share something really quickly on that. Um, I think I was actually in the audience earlier, and Corey, I think it was you who brought this up, where you were talking about recalibrating and being on your path. Mm -hmm. So just as an example, when I when my football career ended, I basically spent the first four years after college just in, like, perpetual burnout because there was no sort of vision about what I was doing. Um, I wasn't reaching out for help or seeking guidance or advice. I wasn't even really – educating myself I thought you know you just stop educating yourself after college right mm -hmm. and so the first year, four years after college there was so much burnout um and what I eventually realized was oh this is a sign that I'm on the wrong path so the past four years that's when I for about four years ago is when I started Thrive After Sports so I don't experience burnout as much as I once did you know and I always tell people you want to use that those mm -hmm. moments of burnout as a sign okay let me stop let me look at where I'm at reevaluate uh where am I going on top of all the things that everyone else has brought up, which is great, your sleep, um, your diet, you know, taking care of yourself. I think that's important as well to recalibrate because that's going to give you renewed energy, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're waking up every day and you're uninspired or you're just like, you can get a good night's sleep. We've all been there, I'm sure. You get a good night's sleep and you wake up and you're still tired. Probably something else needs to be tweaked. It's not the sleep. It's your life's mission. It's how you feel from day to day about what you're doing and how you're operating and how you're showing up. So I just think that um, I would say recalibrating is a big one for me. And that can mean there's multiple layers to that, but recalibrating is a huge way to start to overcome burnout and get back on track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Taj, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think that's so important. It's yeah, recalibrating and kind of looking back at the big picture and did you like what, what led to this, right? Of, of that burnout moment. But I think also like it, it is possible to burn out on the things that you you love or when you are on the right path as well. And something that really helped me when I was uh, experiencing a lot of burnout as well as just a lot of anxiety was took out a piece of paper, split it on two sides and basically wrote, these are the things that like give me energy, make me feel present in the moment, kind of relieve my anxiety. And these are the things that seem to kind of track it or, or uh, I guess tracking the things that lead to to anxiety and so I would monitor those things I would write them all down you know at one session but also throughout the week and the months like just noting them when they did happen so I can notice trends and then I could see both sides and I was like hmm when I get outside when I actually practice my meditation when I do these things I feel much better and I don't experience that burnout as much and so now I, I definitely feel that where if I'm not consistent with those things, I can feel that creeping back up. Mm -hmm. And so prioritizing those things and being like, okay, every day I need to spend a little bit of time outside. I need to get some sort of, you know, light exposure. I need to sweat. I need to move. If I've done those things and I can give my all to um, my business, to my work, to content, whatever that is, and I will most likely kind of avoid that that burnout phase. But when I all of a sudden start saying, oh, I got this big project, I got to keep doing it. I can't meditate today. I can't do this. That's mm -hmm. when people really start to catch up. And it might not be that day, it might not be that week, but it could be, you know, a few weeks later. I love that, Natalie. That's so important. Meditation and being outside and moving your body and sweating and just giving yourself that first kind of and then working around that, um, so powerful. And the, the results that it pays off for us and our bodies. 
about to say, I like they're referred to in psychology, positive psychology basics, right? For a reason. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I do really well is trying to double down on those basics when I know everything is going to get crazy out of control. If I can see the scouting report of the week ahead or the month ahead and look at, okay, I got a big week. We got a product launch going or rolling out something challenge. Maybe knowing that it's like, okay, how can I double down on the sleep, the movement, the meditation, mindfulness, practice, gratitude, and also getting okay with it might look different during that Mm -hmm. time. Like during those busy times, it might look different, but just because it looks different doesn't mean it doesn't get done. Like it should Mm -hmm. still be there. It shouldn't, those are usually the things that go out the door though, as soon as we get busy, right? So making Mm -hmm. sure, one of the things to keep piggybacking on sleep and driving home that, um, there's been some research that has shown from a cognitive functioning ability, when we get less than an hour uh, of sleep compared to what we normally get, the equivalent of drinking three to four beers going into the day, which is pretty wild. And seeing Tasha's reaction, that was mine too. <laughs> myself of that every time I have something come up that kind of questions that sleep boundary that I have, and I'm like, mm, I don't want to go in tomorrow, but it's like we're gonna we're gonna get yeah. to sleep and get things done. Yeah, that's a really powerful, thank you for that. Cause um, I think, you know, that's something that we can, and when we're thinking about it like that, it can help us to make different decisions about what we're spending mm-hmm. our time with. Um, and one of the other things that I think, cause everything that each of you has said is so powerful and so important. And I think another kind of component, and this speaks to kind of like the meditation that Natalie was talking about is like, going back to the breath. So I work with my clients on a specific breathing pattern. Like you breathe in through the nose and then breathe out through the mouth. Like you're blowing through a straw. And if you just try that, if you do three times, you can actually feel your central nervous system calming down. Um, And so that's something that I've noticed too. Like if I'm kind of running like all the things in my mind, I have to catch myself and say, okay, wait, let me breathe. And then the other thing I do with that, and I think that this is something that um, each of you have spoken to, is you connect with the larger vision and then kind of reverse engineer it. Like you said, Corey, like what's something that I can do today? What's one thing? If I know I've got, you know, a million things, what what can I do today that even if I don't get everything accomplished, the one thing that I can feel really good about having done Um and knowing that that's a needle mover. And when I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to give myself the credit that I did it. Um, I think that's another thing that I've been practicing with um, because I know that there's always a list of to do's and um, everything each of you are saying is absolutely so important. And I think sometimes we need like in the moment, let's come back (laughs) or at least I do. (laughs) So, um, so, Another part of entrepreneurship can be um, failure and rejection. So I wanted to kind of bring that up. Um, Obviously, we're talking about self-care and, and, um, you know, serving your business in the way that you want to serve it and um, being the kind of person who you want to be as you're serving your business and as you're living your life. Um, What would you say about rejection as an entrepreneur? Anybody want to just dive into this one? <laughs> I would say it's a normal part of putting yourself out there. Like mm-hmm. in a lot of worlds, as an athlete too, right? You might have gotten cut from a, a certain team or, you know, you had a coach reject you or you lost a game. You had someone reject your hit over the net, whatever it is. And um, it's a normal normal part that you're putting yourself out there and, and focusing on that part, like focusing on, wow, I put myself out there enough to get rejected. There's a lot of people who let that, fear of being rejected, stop them from going after the things that they want to do. And so you recognize that like you're in the arena living it, like you're putting yourself through it. And it can also be good feedback. Like what can you learn from that rejection as well to move forward, whether it's like maybe you're writing a book and some publisher rejected it and you can think, why was that? Uh, Was it that, you know, um, the, the book wasn't, wasn't good. Maybe the first chapter wasn't good. Maybe I need to rewrite this. Or is it that 
there's going to be a hundred more publishers I'm going to go to. And I, I really believe in this vision and um, someone's going to take it. So use, use that feedback. Maybe it's going to just make you stronger in your will, or maybe it's going to help you change something and make it better. Love that. Yeah. I'll, I'll jump in really quickly. Um, just to kind of piggyback off what Natalie was saying, I think uh, that's just part of the game. Like in athletics, in business, in life, whatever you're doing, failure rejection is part of it. And to me, I learned to kind of enjoy it and embrace it because anytime a failure or rejection pops up, um, that just triggers something in me to make me be like, okay, well, it's just time to go harder and to like, you know, break through whatever barrier this is. So if you can learn to view it as exciting, um, that changes the game for you. And I think just another point on failure and rejection is that um, if you can sort of, I'll put it like this. I think it puts you to the test to show you how serious you are about what you're doing. Because mm -hmm. if, you, if you're facing obstacles and you just give up every time, then you weren't really dedicated to what you said you were dedicated. And sometimes that's okay. Maybe you need to pivot and go a different direction. Um, it's just like football. I played football. It's, it's all fun and games to throw the ball around in the summertime. But once you put the pads on and people start hitting, you see people drop off from the team. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the game too. Um, I feel like just as an example with my business, like I like to tell this story because – I started Thrive After Sports when I was, like I said, about four years removed from college. I was 26 going on 27. And I thought it was, you know, it's a great idea. Don't get me wrong. But I thought I was like, oh, I'm, this is a brilliant idea. I'm going to be a millionaire. I can't believe no one's thought of this. And uh, I went broke immediately. And I quit my job prematurely. And so um, I say all that to say at the age of 27, I moved back in with my parents. And over the past four years, I've been able to, you know, obviously move out, get back on my feet and build something. But those moments when I moved back home. Oh, and side note, a week after I moved back home, my car got repossessed in front of my parents' house. So that was fun. But the whole time, once again, maybe I just have a sick mind. But as I'm watching them drive mm -hmm. off with my car in front of my parents' house, I was like, this is going to make for a great story someday. Yeah. <laughs> and that gave me more fuel to just keep going with, with my mission. So I love failure and rejection in summary. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for sharing that story, Taj, because I think you know, we always hear the stories about people maxing out their credit cards. And like, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you hear those stories. We don't necessarily, once somebody's hit it really big and successful, hear about the entire road to get there. So I know that that is not, you are not alone in that experience. Um, I've definitely been there with the credit cards being maxed out just solely for business purposes. Um, so Corey, what about you? Do you want to say anything about rejection or failure? Yeah. I'd take a similar approach to Taj. I like to add in, um, there's a personal development guy, Kyle Cease, if you guys aren't familiar with him, he's phenomenal. He comes from the comedy background, got into personal development, and he has this strategy of, uh, and I love it. So anytime you're faced with something that is resistance or painful or failure, whatever it may be, just adding in, and I love it afterwards, <laughs> the mood around it. Um, and I've also learned that really we've all learned this through sport that feedback or failure is feedback and all feedback is neutral mm. so all that feedback is doing is just giving you again some course correction markers of okay well you tried to launch apparel and that didn't go quite as well as you thought fantastic what do you do next time do you lower your order total or do you maybe change what kind of apparel you're offering do you run a little bit more market research that kind of dictates where you get to go and it's never permanent like that's the beautiful thing about this entrepreneurial game especially as solopreneurs for most of us it's like i could try something today it could totally fall on its face and i could wake up tomorrow and try something completely different i don't have to run it by a ceo a found like a board of advisors I'm making the decision. It's also pretty scary when you think of it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the upside though, the freedom, definitely, for sure. Well, and I, I, all of you are saying there's kind of an undercurrent and a theme and like obviously resilience and then um, what can you learn from whatever has gone on, their failure or rejection. And um, I think Taj, you didn't say these words, but maybe, Maybe you did, but what I got like is just kind of making it a game. Um, and just recently I had watched again um, the last dance that was about the the bulls with Michael Jordan. And 
Um, the way that he just like played the game within a game um, on the court, uh, there was, you know, a lot of examples about it. But I think, you know, even thinking about that and, you know, we've, we've all said like there's a lot of relationship between how you are as an athlete and then also as an entrepreneur, just kind of gamifying some of the, um, the failure or the rejection and like how can you make it fun. Um, and I think that's a change in perception, um, just kind of like you were saying too, Corey. So I, I think all of these are such important, important points. Um, so if you kind of start to think about like why you got into creating the business that you have, um, I mean, probably we have similar threads, but um, I just think that that's an important thing to be able to, to verbalize too. Like when we're coming back to, you know, being an entrepreneur and having a business, um, we're not just doing it to do it. It's because we firmly believe in something or, or we want to serve others. Um, so, you know, I'm just curious uh, if you might be willing to share your why for what it is that you want to do with, with your work in the world and, and like, what's your inspiration? What's your why? Yeah, for, for I'll, I'll kick things off. But um, for, for my business personally, it's to to help athletes who are in the same situation that I was like, I help athletes with how to learn, you know, the ins and outs of personal branding and social media and how to get sponsorships. And my like when I was a young snowboard athlete, I was like 15 and having to figure out how to get sponsorships. Um, and snowboarding is very, very sponsorship driven. And there was nobody out there to help me to figure out, like, how much do I charge? Who can I go to? Um, how to deal with rejection, actually, you know, like I, I got rejected many times by many, many companies that I that I reached out to. And some of them came back around, you know, a year later, once they watched the progress or, or different things. So trying to learn all that. And then obviously, like social media and all that stuff. And so for me, my why is educating athletes on on that side and trying to help them figure that out. Because I know for myself, when you get to that, that highest level where, you're competing at these big competitions, but you're not winning the top prize money, or um, maybe you don't have the starting spot or whatever it is, but you can't go back down to the, the level where maybe you're going to win everything and make that money. How do you stay up there and, and compete against the people who are getting paid to be there, right? And that's where um, sponsorship fills that role. And so um, for me, I just understand the, the the power of building your personal brand, how important that can be to your athletic career now more than ever. And um, and so just trying to focus on you know helping the athletes that are in the same position that I was the same struggles that I had. Love it. Awesome, Natalie. You want to go, go ahead, Corey. You got it, man. I didn't have the order. I just go ahead, Corey. You got it. I want to be a gentleman here. Um, Me too, bro. That's the problem. We're both we have a similar why based off of what we do. Um, for me, I think, I mean, I created, I think I created Forever Athlete to be a social learning platform. It's evolved over the past year plus as I've gotten into it. But ultimately, that's the vision for it is creating a social learning platform for really high achievers, athlete, people from the athletic backgrounds come together, they can feel seen, heard, understood, most importantly, supported with whatever that chapter in their life is. So if they're like Erica and running 30 something marathons in their life, <laughs> they can find a, a group of people that are also equally as crazy, like doing the same thing. Or if they're starting a serial entrepreneurs, like they can see it <coughs> together and be supported in that journey. Cause that's what I wanted. You know, when I, when swimming ended for me, I thought, okay, I don't know how to define myself anymore. Like it was a total identity loss. I had no idea what I was doing. So I wanted to provide an alternative identity that was really limitless and full of potential living life outside of this proverbial box, so to speak, that so many of us feel is the only option when sport ends. And that's kind of the why behind why I wake up each day, not just from the company. Love it. Love it. Yeah, um, I have a very, it's kind of like what Natalie said, my, my why started out the same way where I just wanted to be the person that I needed in my corner when I was going through the transition. And then Corey, I love what you said about how it's evolved over the years because I've had a similar experience. When I first started out, I just wanted to coach athletes because like I said, I wanted to help them get through that period that I had just gone through, that dark period of being lost and um, depressed for some time. 
And I was working in recruiting, you know, helping people land jobs and, and put food on the table for their families. So it was almost like a natural fit. It's like I'm already doing these inside the corporate structure. I feel that if I branch off and start serving a group that I'm familiar with um, and helping them with things that I went through personally, I can have more of an impact. So that's why I made the decision to make the leap, even though it was premature, like I said, but I wouldn't be here if I didn't take the leap. Um, another thing just on that note that Corey brought up about evolving, I when I started out, I just wanted to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. That was it. I had no any any more ambition than that. I want to help athletes one-on-one. -on -one. Then it evolved into group, and then it evolved into starting the podcast, which became a platform to bring other people on. All three of you have been on my podcast, which is great. Um, and then it, you know, it, it turned into books and helping other people write books and stuff like that. So that was my why, just to help people get through what I have been through. And back to what we talked about earlier with recal recalibrating, by me constantly recalibrating and looking at where am I going versus where am I at? it's opened up a world of opportunity that I never even, uh, you know, foresaw, which is cool because it makes me more excited about what's to come. There are things coming for all of us here on this panel that we can't even see yet because we're not at that bridge to cross it. But that's what makes me excited is what's to come that we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, I love it. Well, and everyone ha has a theme here with <clears throat> kind of like noticing what your experience was and then wanting to make sure that you support other people in, you know, traversing any challenges or creating community, like you were saying, Corey. And mm. um, I think that's <clears throat> really, really powerful. And um, and mine is obviously similar. Uh, my whole mission for my business is, in, is to empower athletes to live on purpose. And by that, I mean to realize that there's way more inside of you than there is than what you're doing or what you do or what you play or whatever. Um, and so I think, you know, when we're speaking about burnout and we're speaking about um, resilience and like the energy that we have for our businesses and our daily lives, as Corey was saying, you know, he wakes up with this why, um, having that as a clear focus. Um, well, maybe I should ask you, how, how important do you feel it? I mean, Corey, you already kind of alluded to it, but how important do you think it is to kind of stay in that lane of like, no, I'm, I'm doing this thing, um, even in the face of like the re uh, rejection or failure or, you know, a million things going on and maybe feeling a little burned out. How important do you think the why is to that? I think it's incredibly important. And it goes back to like what Taj said, where it can either like you know, getting rejected, it can help you, you know, recalibrate, but it can also just make you be like, okay, cool. Like, let me go harder. Um, and I think noticing what reaction it causes can help you revisit that why. Maybe that why wasn't strong enough if you got rejected and now you're like, oh, maybe this isn't the thing. Well, maybe that why wasn't strong enough because if you have that really strong why and it's been driven home and you know like that's what you want to do, then getting rejected hopefully does just trigger that like, okay, I got to I gotta go harder. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. to add on to that too, I think that if you have something that, like all of us do what we do because at some point or, point or another, we realize that, we had the skills and we developed the skills to be able to help people in what we do. Um, and we had a vision for it for whatever reason, no matter what you believe in God, the universe, it was put on our heart to do exactly what it is that we do. So I feel like you almost have a responsibility or like an obligation. If something's revealed to you, like, Oh, I can help people this way. But then you just decide you don't want to do it for whatever reason, or it's too hard. Um, like I said, sometimes that's a, an indicator that you need to switch gears or make a pivot. But other times, it's it's a, it's an indication that you need to push through and that um, kind of like Natalie was saying, just kind of get recommitted to your why and refocus on that and then take your eyes off of yourself. That's something that's been helping me through all the hard times is realizing that it's not all about me. That's a hard lesson I've had to learn over the years. Uh, I don't wake up and do what I do just for me every day. It's for other people. And the more you keep other people in mind, that's what's going to keep you pushing past the obstacles. Love it. I say we thrive in situations that are bigger than ourselves, right? Like, it helps yes. to tap into that. I would say, too, as, as far as the why is concerned, what I've noticed, at least with mine, is that the why has deepened over the years, over the journey. Like, at one point, it was, I'm going to quit my regular job, I guess, refinancing mortgages, and just be a swim coach, because I wanted to... I knew what swimming did for me and I wanted to pay that forward to 
the four and five and six year old that is I was teaching how to swim. And then eventually I was like, okay, this is cool, but I I really like fitness too. Like I'm gonna get into personal training and go that route. And it's just deepened and deepened as it's gone. I've noticed like each of those periods and chapters of my life are can teach me something. And they weren't wait none of that was wasted time. I've I have a lesson from each of those mm-hmm. that I kind of draw on and put into this formula to create today's why. And who knows, maybe I'll be continuing to recreate that continue to live, probably. Well, I love that. And I think it's important to kind of view it in that way because you, you know, each of us, it sounds like from what you're saying, are committed to growth, um, not only in your businesses, but also personally. And um, to allow for some evolution of self and like who you're becoming by means of the service in the world and really taking that to another level. And, um, you know, that I guess can kind of be like a double edged sword because it's kind of like you've never really arrived, but there's always like a next the next level. Um, But it's also kind of a fun challenge to think of it like that, too. Awesome. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about like failure, you know, things that you can put in in practice for yourself to make sure that you have, um, you know, what you need for you and what you need for your business, um, kind of viewing rejection. And I'm just curious, um, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned by means of being an entrepreneur up until now? Ooh. That I think, you know, it, embrace the, the failures that you make early on and um, be, be happy that they happened early on because then you can learn from them before they become much bigger. For example, like the, you know, maxing out the, the credit cards and going all in and then, you know, struggling to come back from that and things like that. Like, I would be much happier that it's like, okay, I maxed out this $10,000 credit card versus I just bet my million dollar house and family and all these things. And now it's gone. Right. So, so learn from those things early on and be happy that they did happen. Um, Mm -hmm. I I kind of like that the statement, like move fast, break things, Um, you know, just, just keep going and, um, and learn those lessons as soon as you can. And while you might be able to bounce back from them a little bit better, um, I, I would say that's the biggest one, as well as just, you know, uh, appreciating effort and, and embracing and celebrating effort that you put in every day rather than results. And that that also mm. is something that came from my athletic career where um, I missed out on, on the Olympics and then I was depressed because I had kind of had the mindset of I need to land these certain tricks every day. I need to learn this. I need to do this. And then every day I beat myself up if I didn't get there. And it's similar in business where you're like, I need to gain this many clients every day, or I need to do this every day. And then you could beat yourself up if you don't meet those targets. But what if you say, okay, like, like Corey said before, reverse engineer those goals. What actions do you need to take every day? And if you've taken the actions, be proud of that. And every so often, if those aren't then reaching, you know, the goals that you have, the results that you want, revisit that and say, okay, what can I change here with the plan? But if you're executing on that plan, you, you got to be proud of those, that effort that you made. Love it. Love it. I would say I've learned the hard way that we're human beings for a reason. Like we need to be more rather than always be doing all the time. Uh, one of the biggest things that's helped me is setting an intention heading into the day, really like honing in on how do I want to be today? How can I bring that into everything that is on the to-do list? But how can I let my sense of being really drive what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis and tap into that? And then a little bit counterintuitive to what Natalie said, but slowing down to speed up, like actually taking time in the areas that I need to, to slow down and knowing that there's a difference between slowing down and being lazy Mm. slowing down can be really 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 productive if we set it up to be and just be okay with that so i'm learning the hard way that just because i take a 30 minute nap in the afternoon which i'll probably do after this and full energy right yeah as productive as it probably more productive than if i were to hop right off of this and try to go into 30 strong minutes of work. Mm-hmm. I love hey, that. Corey. Sorry, Erica, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go for it, Taj. I just was saying I love it. 
I was just going to say, Corey, I'm, as you know, we've talked about this, man. I'm really big on the nap game too, man. I got to have my daily nap. And it's not because I'm getting rested, not getting rested at night, but because I'm doing so much early in the day that mm-hmm. that mid to late afternoon nap, basically I can wake up from that 30, 20 minute nap. And it's like, I'm starting a fresh day. So the second half of the day, it's like, I just started out in the morning when most people are running out of gas. So shout out to the naps. Don't sleep on your naps, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Erica, you made me think of, I was going to share one lesson that I learned from entrepreneurship, but what you said about the finish line, that's mm-hmm. something that uh, I thought about, or that became a lesson to me recently too, in a sense that there really is no finish line. Um, and with that, that's that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Like understanding you're never going to reach a point of uh, completion or perfection because if you set out on a mission, the mission's not necessarily going to be completely fulfilled. Like all of mm-hmm. us, the type of people we are, I know you all, we're going to be on our deathbed still looking for ways to get better. I might be on my deathbed reading a book or listening to a podcast or something <laughs> on my way out, you know? And um, But I think with that understanding that there's there's no finish line, um, you have to celebrate the small wins in between. And that was something that I wasn't doing for a while. It was just mm-hmm. go, 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 go. I think I was traumatized from, you know, uh, being broke for so long. But eventually, once I started having success, I'm like, let me actually look back to see what I've accomplished. Um, and then let me start doing that on a daily basis. Like, today was a great day. So let me celebrate that and, and look at what was good about today. Um, another, I wrote it down. I'm trying to, oh. This is what I wanted to say. Another lesson I've learned from entrepreneurship is that you can't do everything alone. I had to learn that the hard way too. Even all of us being solopreneurs, you know, we still have people who are pulling us up. We still mm-hmm. have people who are assisting us with what we're doing, even if we're the face or, you know, the one delivering the service of the brand or the business. Um, even recently with my role at self-published in 30 days, I get to be an entrepreneur. So I'm an entrepreneur within a company and I get to lean on an entire company to be able to delegate tasks and and just learn how to actually run a business. So in the event that I decide to make the shift from solopreneur to entrepreneur and having a full team, I'll understand how to do that because I've seen it firsthand. But when it's all said and done, I think a lot of people, I was guilty of this starting out, thinking, I'm just going to do it all myself. I'm going to do mm-hmm. everything, the marketing, the service, the sales. And uh, that only lasts so long before you run out of gas. So. Those are my two big lessons from entrepreneurship. Yeah, I mean, there's so many gold nuggets in what each of you said. And I think, you know, the celebrating the little wins um, is just so powerful. Because even if you think about momentum, like if you're constantly focused on what's not there or what's wrong, it's like an energy suck. But if you are like, yes, I made the phone call. They didn't call me back, but I made it anyway, you know, and like, just the process versus like the result. I think Natalie, you said that. Um, I think that's so powerful. And then I love the napping thing too, because I actually was talking with one of my mastermind partners about this. And she's like, set the intention before you take a nap that you wake up with a game changing idea. So I'm like, I like that. So that's what I do now to give myself permission to take a nap because I'm not good at it. And I will tell you, (laughs) but now I'm thinking that this might be a sign from the universe to hear you guys talking about it. Um, So I just love that. And there's so much, so much gold here. Um, So I just wanted to kind of, I mean, we have just like three minutes left and I, and I wanted to just allow for time for you to share anything maybe I didn't ask that you think is really important for people to know about, you know, not comparing themselves to others about kind of um, taking care of yourself first or, or about just being an entrepreneur in general. I just love everyone's points. I think it's, uh, I think we all have a very similar mindset about how we approach uh, these things. And it's clear we've all kind of been, been through it where we've all experienced the burnout and the rejection and the failure and those things. And we're consistently learning and not to say that I know personally that maybe I won't experience some of these things again, but um, as long as we're, you know, consistently trying to, to learn from them and, and improve, I think that's, that's the, you know, that's all we can do and all we can focus on. Love it. I would add like the importance of having non-objective or non-biased people in your life that you can go to and fully say like how you're actually feeling in this moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really tough in the social media world that we live in. I'd, I hate when I reach out to someone or someone touches base with me and they're like, it looks like you're, you're killing it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and if only they knew like 
all of the stuff that I'm dealing with. But then there's also that ego that comes in that's like, well, I can't tell them that I'm not like killing it because yeah. I'm worried about how that's perceived. So having, <laughs> I think there's some work that I need to do on that, but um, having other people in your life where you can turn to and be like, yo, you maxed out your credit card? Same, me too. Like we're going all in on this. And it's yeah. not that with, oh my God, you're absolutely insane. It's no different than when we were growing up and we had these aspirations and dreams to swim in the Olympics or snowboard in the Olympics or play D1, whatever it may be. We had to be very, very careful who we shared those dreams with because majority of the people that sat in the classrooms as us, they would probably hear that and say, huh, cool. That will never happen, Taj. Like, no way, man. I see you out on the football field. But knowing that and having the power of having good people in our life that can give us true non-objective advice or honestly just an ear is really all we need sometimes. So important. Yeah, I know we're up on time, so I'll, I'll keep it pretty brief. But Erica, you made me think of a uh, comparison. I'm not sure if maybe I wasn't on when you guys talked about that. But one thing I always tell people is like, instead of comparing yourself to people, how about you just connect with them instead? Mm. So, you know, you can get into this game of this person so much farther ahead of me and they're doing this, this and that. Um, but I look at those people instead of being like, oh, I'm not doing anything with my life because this person has reached this level of success. Instead, I'm going to be like, I'm going to reach out to that person so I can either collaborate with them or learn from them. So don't 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 compare, connect. Those are those are my parting words. Love it. Love it. And when you connect, maybe don't say, hey, you're killing it <laughs> to the team. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> That's so great. Well, the other thing that I've learned, too, is if it's possible for anybody, that means it's possible for us because we're all human. So it's like I think you know, that's another way to reframe comparison. Um, but I love that connect instead of compare. Um, so, well, it looks like we're about to wrap up here. So I wanted to thank each of you for being here. And I love learning from you. I took notes during this um, conversation just because I love learning from each of you. You had lots of gold nuggets to share. So thank you. And I want to thank Danielle for having us and giving us the opportunity to chat. Um, so I think she's going to come on or someone is. Um, here she comes. <laughs> so thank you. Yes, and so for all, of the, all of the work of the team. No, thank you guys.